In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. I have to apologize in advance for the first part of this sermon. My wife tells me that it's in bad taste, but that's never stopped me before, so here goes. It is a story about a man who is an avid golfer. Many of you know people who love the game of golf and play all the time. Comes home after a long round of golf, and his wife says to him, well, dear, how did it go today? He said, well, it was a pretty rough day out there, pretty hard. He said, oh, well, what happened? He said, well, on the fourth hole, Charlie had a heart attack and died. And she said, oh, my goodness, terrible thing. I'm so sorry. What an awful thing to happen. And he said, yeah, for the rest of the day, it was hit the ball, drag Charlie. Hit the ball. I warned you. I wanted to start with that for a couple of reasons. One to remind us that even in Lent it's okay to laugh, and also because there is a point to it. The point for me is that there are a lot of things in our lives that we carry along with us that we really need to lay to rest. Our first lesson today is the wonderful profession of faith recited by the worshiping Israelite community on offering the first fruits of the harvest at the temple in Jerusalem. It recounts the experience of Israel, who lived as slaves in Egypt, who were treated harshly by Pharaoh, who cried out to God in their distress. And we are told God heard the voice of their cry. God had pity on them. God had mercy on them and brought them out of the land of Egypt where they were slaves through the wilderness and into the land of promise, a land flowing with milk and honey. It is the marvelous story of God's deliverance through the wilderness, from slavery to freedom, from oppression to liberation, from deep, deep sorrow to overwhelming joy. It is the formative experience for the people of Israel. It is remembered and relived by Jewish people to this very day. And it is our journey as well. We too are called to move from slavery to freedom, from the bonds of our own captivity to the new life of freedom and liberation and peace that God places before us. Like the people of Israel, we must pass through the wilderness a difficult and barren place, a place where we have to leave some things behind, lay some things to rest, the old ways that oppress us and hold us down so that we can move forward to the promise of Almighty God. The experience of the wilderness is one of transition and transformation, and it is very difficult. You will remember that some of the Israelites found it too difficult. They wanted to go back, even to slavery, but to go back 
to the safety and the security that they had known in Egypt rather than suffer in the desolate place. That's true for us as well, isn't it? God calls us out of Egypt, out of our own captivity, to a new life, a new way of being, a new freedom in God. But many of us are afraid to leave Egypt. And so we drag the pyramids along with us. We have a hard time letting go and laying to rest old ways that still hold us captive. And so we drag them along like the pyramids. We all long for the new life, that promised land that God holds before us, that life of health and wholeness, of healing and peace, of profound joy. But there are things that we drag along with us that weigh us down. As we begin another Lent together, it's a good time to ask ourselves about our own pyramids that we drag behind us. For many of us, there are old wounds and hurts that we carry with us. One of the hardest things to leave behind is the sense that we have been wronged, injured by someone else, and we cling to it hoping that one day we will be vindicated. For many of us, there are failures and disappointments mistakes that we've made along the way, and we hold on to them. We say that God forgives us, and yet we still hold on to them. We say, I know God forgives me, but I can't forgive myself. We drag it along with us. Many of us hold on to anger. It's okay to get angry. It's okay to be angry. But to hold on to it, to allow it to fester within us, is spiritual poison to us, and yet sometimes we cling to it. And some of us carry our grief with us. Someone we have known and loved dearly has died, and we have grieved for them, and so we should. And we should never forget who they were. We should always remember that person. But there comes a point in which we have to let go, even of our grief. <coughs> One of the reasons we hold on to it, I think, is that we're afraid that we are to stop grieving for them, it will somehow indicate we didn't really love them as much as we did. So we cling to that, and we hold on to it. There's an old expression that says, if you own it, you have to haul it. Whatever we drag with us weighs us down and keeps us from moving forward to the places where God would have us be. Now, why do we hold on to those things? Well, I don't have the answer to that, but. I do think that at some level we hold on because we are getting something from it. Some comfort, some attention, some reward. Parker Palmer says that in his adult life he has suffered through three very serious bouts with depression. I'm talking about very serious bouts with, with depression. He said that one thing he remembers about those episodes in his life is that there was a part of him that did not want to get well. There was a part of him that did not want to come out of that experience because he knew that if he were to come out of that depression, people would expect more of him. He would have to do things that he found difficult to do, challenging things to do, risky things to do, and so a part of him held on. 
to that sadness. Lent, in fact, our whole spiritual lives, I would say, but Lent in particular, is about the journey through the, the wilderness, reaching toward the land of promise. It is about transition and transformation. It's about letting go of past wounds and hurts, disappointments and failures, and offering them to God, asking God to remove them and forgive them so that we can move ahead toward the promise of hope and peace that God offers to each and every one of us. Lent is not simply about giving up something or taking on some new project. It's not about beating our breasts or enduring some dreary hymns. It is about a spirit-driven search for new life in God. Jesus' own wilderness experience is read as the gospel the first Sunday of Lent every year. There's something that happens in that gospel regardless of which account we read. It says there, and he was driven into the wilderness. He was led into the wilderness. He was compelled into the wilderness by the Spirit. Lent is about a Spirit-driven search for the very truth of our lives. It is about that experience that we call confession, repentance, and hearing God's absolution. It's about acknowledging the pyramids, those things that weigh heavy upon us, that we carry with us, offering them to joy, the profound joy that comes from acknowledging those things which are too heavy for us to bear any longer, offering them to God, and having the courage to allow God to remove them from us. In Maya Angelou's wonderful book, Wouldn't Take Nothing for My Journey Now, which sort of says it all, Wouldn't Take Nothing for My Journey Now, she talks about faith as a lifelong endeavor that God calls us to. And it is in the search, she says, that one finds the ecstasy. It's in the search that one finds the ecstasy. That is the joy of Lent. Letting go and moving forward. Letting go and moving forward. Letting God and moving forward. St. Paul describes it this way. This one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on. I press on toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Each one of you knows the pyramid that you drag with you, your own personal hurts and disappointments. And I challenge you this morning to offer those wounds and hurts to God and find God's healing presence and forgiveness. In closing, I want to share an example of finding that kind of healing and forgiveness. <clears throat> One of the pyramids that many people of my generation carry with us has on it a name, and the name is Vietnam. It means a great deal more than the 50,000-plus names engraved on the wall, although it's certainly about that. But it is also about an experience that divided a nation, that divided families, 
that divided this very church. It is about a pyramid that a lot of people have been dragging around with them for a very, very long time. As you know, among Vietnam veterans, there is a disproportionate number of homeless and drug addicts and suicide. In some way, the war never ended. You know, there were no victory parades. And many still carry the wounds with them of guilt, anger, fear, and some a genuine sense of betrayal. Last week in my adult inquirers class, Jay Murphy shared with us a fascinating story about how some Vietnam veterans are finally finding healing and forgiveness. It has to do with a Native American tradition called effigy mounds. They are mounds of earth, often shaped as animals, where people go to lay and rest and to place their hurts and fears on the earth. As one Native American said, it is a spiritual place where you can go and let your mother, the earth, hold you. Let the children play on it, dance on it. Use it to unload your grief and pain, to renew and strengthen you. Lay back and let Mother Earth unburden you. Then get up and leave your cares there on that mound as you walk away renewed. In Wisconsin, a Vietnam veteran who is also a Native American has built such a mound. It is in the shape of a dove. It is called the Morning Dove Effigy, and it has a wingspan of over 30 feet. The dove, of course, represents the peace that these veterans all seek. In 1990, Nguyen Hung, a North Vietnamese combat soldier, visited the Dove Mound in Wisconsin. And there he found a place to remember the people who had died and the people who were unaccounted for, a deeply spiritual place, a place to leave old pain, old bitterness, and old hurts, the resentment for what had been done to his country and to his people. And at last, after all these years, to leave it behind, to let it go, and to find the healing that he so longed for. Nguyen Hung was so moved by that experience that he went back to Vietnam and in 1993 was given a permit by the government there to build a peace park just outside Hanoi. And in that peace park, there are to be ponds with fish, fruit trees, and a Native American effigy mound in the shape of a dove. And that effigy mound is going to be built by both North Vietnamese and American veterans as a place where both can find the peace they so desperately need. My prayer for us in this Lent is that we too might allow God to remove old hurts, that we might at last find God's forgiveness and hear, hear God's healing word and experience the peace 
that passes all understanding. It can take place laying on the warm earth or kneeling at the foot of a wooden cross. But it involves offering to God our deepest wounds and allowing God to set us free. In this, there is a joyful Lent. Amen.